The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's going for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Nine fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, November 14th. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer. El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how are you feeling today on a Wednesday as we look forward to week 11? Feeling good. You know, one day away from starting week 11. Uh, trading deadlines quickly approaching. Uh, Got to be hot on the waiver wire uh, last night or today. So, you know, we're, we're starting to feel the excitement of the playoff rush. And if you're not, you know, do what's right for your league and, you know, don't quit. Ah, yes. You know, I have some people who have asked me about stuff like that. You know, managers making ridiculous things like dropping all their players or trades that are obvious collusion. And that's the time of year. This is the time of year we start getting, uh, you know, these sorts of things. Listen, if you are a commissioner, I am telling you right now, hit up Scott on Twitter, at ScottyRotoX, and air your concerns. He'll, he'll be sure to help you out. You can also hit me up at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. And don't forget, if you are not a commissioner, if you're a commissioner, it doesn't matter if you're a contender, go on over to RotoExperts.com, get the RotoExperts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package, enter the king at checkout. Scotty, you want to give everybody your uh, private personal cell phone number so they can hit you up with any concerns about uh, their leagues? Uh, 844-843-6879. Uh, that's 844-843-6879. Absolutely. We got our guy, Chris Bavona, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery. He will take absolute great care of you. Well, Scotty, ever since, oh, I don't know, August, we were saying that November 13th is the deadline. November 13th is the deadline. 
of course, Le'Veon Bell will report by November 13th. November 13th is the day. Well, not so much, Scotty. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has decided to forfeit his $14-plus million for the 2018 season. He will not play. He is ineligible. Let's talk about this on the Le'Veon Bell side first before we get to some of the other implications because this has been one of the biggest stories in the NFL all year long. In essence, Scotty, Lev Bell is making the bet that he can sacrifice this $14 million and he will make it up on the back end on a long-term deal when he hits free agency in March. We've reported all sorts of things, but what people need to know at this point is that Lev Bell's not playing this year, and at this point, the relationship or marriage between the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell is pretty much done. Le'Veon Bell is going to hit the open market in the first week of March. Yeah, all but unofficially done there. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of confusing to read it, but I think there might be a scenario where they can slap him with the transition tag and take right. him, and trade, him, trade but, him. But, uh, but uh, you know, I don't think that, that – I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it's already a lesson learned. I can't sit yep. here and speculate as to what's going to happen. We've been speculating since the summer. Last year we speculated about Ezekiel Elliott and how right. long he was going to get suspended. And a lot of times we were wrong. We thought Le'Veon Bell was going to report and Earl Thomas was going to hold out. Turned out to be the reverse. Every week it was different speculation. With these kind of things, it's just best to avoid them. Uh, you know, don't trade for the guy. You know, this is a lesson learned with like with like holdouts and suspensions. Do not do not go on any of your guesses because none of us know exactly what's going to happen. I'm already seeing people you know, with conspiracy theories about, mm. you know, why he why he didn't sign. How could he give up all this money? Maybe he's still, you know, smoking weed and he want to fail a test. We don't know any of that. All we know is that the guy didn't get what he want and he, and he took his stand. When you say that I can't believe, as somebody said to me, that he gave up all that money for a week, we're, we're, we don't make as much money as Le'Veon Bell. Oh, it's, sure. You know, it's, it's different. It's different to him. So you just got to move on right now, you know, to him. Look, we saw it with Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is older, right? He's yeah. retired, came back after a year, still had a lot of what he had, not all sure. of what he had. Le'Veon Bell is not at that age where he can't come back and have a good year. And I know we talked about Des Bryant, but mm-hmm. I think Le'Veon Bell knew and his camp knew that the longer he held out, the longer he was going to be a risk, A, for being an injury, and B, not getting his starting job back. So, you know, to, to put himself back on the open market, he's healthy, and he yep. can walk right in as a starter wherever he wants. Yep, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And to be honest, on balance, like, if you assume that Le'Veon Bell didn't necessarily care about, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers or winning a Super Bowl with Pittsburgh or anything like that. Similar to how, honestly, Scott, like if you take all the kind of fan and emotion stuff out of what John Gruden is doing with the Raiders, you know, because he's got a 10-year contract and stockpiling picks and trying to hit the bottom so he could be primed when they move to Las Vegas. If you take all the emotion out of it, I can understand what he's doing, you know? And similarly here with Lev Bell. If you take all the emotion out of it, oh, he should want to play for Pittsburgh and oh, blah, blah, blah. If you take the emotion out of it, I understand what he's doing. For example, Scott, I don't know the answer to this question, but I I, want to ask you just your, your opinion. If there are 32 teams in the NFL, right, 
What percent of teams do you think had some kind of injury to their starting running back at some point this season? I can name a bunch. Jay Ajayi, Devontae Freeman, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and others. Like, do you think it's fair to say that, like, Sure, a great example. Yeah. Do you think it's yeah. fair to say maybe a quarter? Like, we just named five or six. That's almost a quarter of the league. Do you think it's fair to say that maybe there's a 20, 25% chance that a starting that an NFL team loses their starting running back to injury? Yeah, you know, you, you, you know, okay. and you're just you're just counting season enders, you know, yeah. you take into account like Chris Carson, Joe Mixon, sure. Melvin Gordon. Sure. Yeah, we're, yes. not, we're not even taking those guys in Sony Michelle, you know. Yeah, so not, let's say a third. We're not taking those guys to account. Yep, let's say a third, right? And then let's not get it twisted. I'm not talking about him smoking weed and all that stuff, but the man has been suspended by the NFL, right? And I know that when you get suspended a second time, you know, it starts to add up in terms of how many games you miss and stuff like that. So that's a liability for Le'Veon Bell as well. You know, we're talking about... I would really say somewhere between a 30 and 40% chance, right, that an NFL team has their starting running back face some kind of issue which would change their value on the open market for the following season. So this is not a stupid idea from Le'Veon Bell. You know, he didn't want the Pittsburgh Steelers to, in essence, chew him up and spit him out. We've seen a number of teams do that with running backs on the last year of their deal when they know they're going to be moving on. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. So he didn't want to toil for the man in any kind of way that he thought could compromise his market value because as a, you know, 20, what, 28-year-old running back, he is going to get one shot to truly hit the jackpot in free agency. The NFL is fickle. The average career for a running back is something like three years long. So he had a chance. He wanted to make sure he had his chance. And in his view, the $14 million that he's losing this year is nothing compared to what could very likely be something like 5 for 90 with $35 million guaranteed. He decided to take a rest so that he could ensure that he's not hurt. We know what we've seen on tape. He never got suspended or anything like that, and he can choose his team. I think it is not a horrible bet once you take all the emotion and fandom out, similar to how Gruden is now running the Raiders. Yeah, and from a fantasy perspective, if you had him stashed in a dynasty league and you were able to replace him, uh, you know, you'd probably be easily moving back into your starting lineup next year. And sure. for those people who tried to trade for him, you know, I said it was a risk all along. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got rid of him, I did one league. I traded him back in, uh, I think it was week four. I trade, I traded for, for Sony Michelle, and mm. the, the, the league initially vetoed the deal because they wow. thought it was unfair, you know, that the other team was getting levy on Bell. I, wow. I put it through again, and the second time it actually went through – and ended up with the better end of the deal, and now that team started off one and two, uh, but now it's seven and three. Nice. Let's talk about this because uh, I also remember yesterday, Scott. One of the things we were talking about is you got to handcuff your studs, right? We talked about Spencer Ware. We talked about Malcolm Brown, Rod Smith, Wayne Gallman, people like that, right? Um, so the question now is. Who is the handcuff to James Conner, who is a elite RB1 at this point in time? Would you lean to uh, Jalen Samuels or Steven Ridley? 
Now, Stephen Ridley's a journeyman. Uh, okay. You know, and he's he's behind Samuels on the depth chart already. We saw last week when Connor came out that Samuels, who's a fifth-round pick of the Steelers, came in and scored his first NFL touchdown. And Mike Tomlin was, was already saying positive things about him yesterday. Uh, you know, you got, you got to get Jalen Samuels if you're waiver runners tonight and you own James Connor. Okay, fair and enough. Also, and in so- Yahoo... In Yahoo, yeah. he qualifies a tight end. Yeah, tight end eligibility. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's pretty yeah. interesting. I mean, if he's not on the field, it won't really matter. But if you do get him in, there's a, a lot of ways you can use him. I noted that tight end eligibility last night on the fantasy freestyle. Let me ask you it this way, Scott. You know, similarly to how kind of early in the season and in the preseason, there were sports books, places in Vegas that, if you remember, put up odds of where will Khalil Mack play. There is now odds for where will uh, Le'Veon Bell play in 2019. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven lines. Yeah, yeah. So the Steelers are the eleventh choice at sixteen to one. Let's explore this for a hot second, Scotty. I mean, I know Pittsburgh. Well, I'm saying he's the eleventh choice. There are ten teams with better odds than that, right? I doubt he goes I back think to this Pittsburgh should be about as well. Five teams with better Fair. odds, personally. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this. And yes, I know we are speculating, but here on the Fantasy Sports Network, we look at odds, we look at gambling. Maybe if you had left Bell, let's say you drafted Le'Veon Bell number one overall in a redraft league, which is very, very possible, and you got nothing out of him. Now we're trying to find a way for you to still profit off Le'Veon. On Bell in this year. So let's talk about this for a couple of minutes, Scott. Where might he go? There are odds. You want me to read you the uh, like the top five? Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, the favorite, Scott, at three to one. Who do you think is the favorite? Who do I think is the favorite yeah. right now? Three to one odds for them to be uh, employing Le'Veon Bell next season. Uh. I'm going to say, well, it's probably not Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay's not considered a contender at all. Ne- neither are the Lions. Neither are the Jets. I'm going to take a stab and say the Ravens. The Ravens are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth choice. The Ravens are nine to one. That would really stick it to the Steelers if you went to their perennial Boy. rival, the Baltimore Ravens. That's nine to one. I will say this, though, Scott. Two of the teams you were just kind of going through as you were thinking about things are two of the top three choices on these odds. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the third choice at 7-1. to one. They drafted Ronald Jones this year. He has not been able to produce necessarily. You've talked to me about how Peyton Barber isn't something to worry about. There seems to be a lot of change coming in Tampa, in my personal opinion. Dirk Cutter, as we know, is on a hot seat. Jameis Winston, they have to make a decision on because of his fifth-year option. Tampa Bay is the third choice at Seven to one, but Scotty, you mentioned another team. Scotty, can you believe the that interesting the favorite thing before you move on though is that they drafted Ronald Jones, and I know he had a bad first yeah. year so far, but he still is the future there. Uh, yeah, so that that kind of throws something into it. But I guess you know if you get Levy up Bell, you got to get Levy up Bell, right? Yeah, I mentioned Ronald that they Jones being a backup. Jones. You know, to yep, let, let, him a, let, let him have a TJ Yeldon kind of future. Exactly, and and Scott, here's the funny part. The favorite right now in Vegas is that Le'Veon Bell is going to be wearing green and white next year. The New York Jets are the favorite, Scott, at 3-1. to one. 
Okay, then the Oakland Raiders are at five to one, the Philadelphia Eagles at seven to one, and the Green Bay Packers at eight to one round out the top five. Talk to me about these options the Jets, the Raiders, the Eagles, and the Packers. What do you think there? I think the Jets make a lot of sense. Uh because you want there's no supporting cast right now at all mm-hmm. for Sam Darnold and it would just it would just be so much for Sam Darnold to gain with Le'Veon Bell taking pressure off him as a runner and being a receiver out of the backfield helping to dominate the team just a a really a very highly valuable player that would really change the complexion of that team and would really fire up the fan base improve the outlook overall uh, et cetera, you know, new coach probably, uh, right. new star running back. So I, I think I think that does make a lot of sense. I think Bell could probably handle New York. I think Jet right. fans won't give a crap about, uh, you know, what happened in Pittsburgh and they'll embrace him. And, you know, when I went to you in the Jet game, I was marveling, like, all these people are wearing San Antonio Holmes jerseys because <laughs> they can't feel they can embrace anybody else. Yeah. You know, they'll trade them in for their Le'Veon Bell jerseys. Uh, the Eagles, to me, uh, if Bell wants to be on a contender, to me, that would be at the top of the list. That's a big missing piece there and could put them right back into the Super Bowl mix. To me, the Eagles might be my actual first choice. But then again, Jay Ajayi is probably going right. to come back too. He's, so yeah. Yeah, that, that, that He's on the contract. Unless, unless, look, it could always be a scenario which they sign Bell and they trade Ajayi, you know, because he would be valuable to some other team. Uh, right, the Raiders. You could pretty much do that with any team, right? They could go ahead and sign Bell and trade their starting running back. But Jay Ajayi is a much different level than Ronald Jones. Right, and then you, you look at the Raiders, and they're so bad. But you know right. they're building for the future. They got three first round picks, mm-hmm. and Le'Veon Bell. You know he could become the darling of Las Vegas. You know as the team you know launches there in two years, uh, the final year in Oakland, and then the first year in Vegas. You know, that makes a lot of marketing sense. And uh, and uh, what was the other team? Uh, the Packers. The Packers. I don't – I think the Packers are the least ideal fit because that team is, you know, just has a certain philosophy unless they get rid of McCarthy that, you know, they really rely on the passing game. I think it would be interesting to fit him in. They'd have to change everything they do. I think they'd be open right. for it for a player like that. But – they really like Aaron Jones right now, so uh, I, I see the other three destinations as much more uh, much more ideal. Uh, mm-hmm. Fantasy-wise, I would probably like him to see go to Green Bay the least and probably Philadelphia the most. Yeah, I, I hear you on a lot of stuff you said. Don't forget about some of these backs that are on IR, like a Jay Ajayi who's still on the roster and still getting paid millions of dollars. Speaking of getting paid millions of dollars, the Jets also have a ton of cap space. Coming up, Scott, you know, so the finances would be okay. Le'Veon Bell would love the big market of New York. There's plenty of recording studios for him and pick up basketball games to have as well. I think the Raiders are interesting, right? As you said, they have a void at running back and kind of trying to build buzz. The only last team I will submit here, and I've always said it, and they are, uh, you know, like the sixth or seventh choice at 12 to 1. Scotty, what do you think? about the Houston Texans, you know, Deshaun Watson, Le'Veon Bell, and D-Hop, that could be fearsome. And they have a defense on the other side. I like that. Lamar Miller has just been mediocre. nothing. 
Right. That would be a great fit, and I could see Le'Veon Bell wanting to play with Deshaun Watson. Right, because that could be a contender as well, right? They could, He could be that piece that takes him over the top. Like for the Jets, I don't necessarily, as a Jets fan, want them to sign a guy and spend all that money on someone who may not be the piece that puts you over the top. They still have a lot of work to do. However, the Texans could see him as the missing puzzle piece. We'll talk about this a little bit more on the other side of the break. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Roto Experts in the Morning, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane and Scott talking to you about how to get ready for Week 11 and the Le'Veon Bell saga. What I also want to let you guys know is that the NBA lineup optimizer is now available over at DailyRoto.com. Subscribers are crushing it there on a nightly basis. You can also buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access to year-round the suite of successful tools and projections that DailyRoto.com subscribers have been using to, in essence, print money in all sports. When you sign up for the Elite Package, you'll get the new NFL betting tools as well, including picks against the spread, the money line, game totals, and player props. So go on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, and check out the Elite Package has to offer if you don't have a problem with winning money year round if you're not allergic to cash you're gonna love it enter the promo code fntsy for a special discount and start winning today scotty i told you the jets are the favorite at three to one to have Le'Veon bell services next year and listen you know we talked about this i personally think todd balls is a dead man walking uh you know i've been we've been talking about how any team that has a new head coach is going to need to really bring in one of these creative offense minds because of the way the NFL is going with the Jets. Mike McCagnin, the GM, is also hanging by a thread, you know, even if Todd Bowles goes or not. He may be in a position where he needs to make a splash and spend some of that cap space. The New York Jets are favored at 3-1. I would like to submit the Houston Texans as an intriguing option. And staying in that division, I think the Indianapolis Colts are interesting as well. What I am looking for, Scott, here is a team that has a quarter quarterback like in their prime or entering their prime a couple of other pieces that could see a all pro running back as the cherry on top in Indianapolis Andrew Luck with T.Y. Hilton and Le'Veon Bell could be interesting but the defense isn't primed and ready to go but when you look at the Houston Texans Scott Deshaun Watson Le'Veon Bell DeAndre Hopkins maybe a returning Will Fuller that makes an offense very very scary Scott We know what they have on defense. We know the status of that division is pretty winnable, Scott. Like, And then if I'm the Houston Texans, I literally spend my entire draft on nothing but offensive linemen if they went ahead and did that. Talk to me about the danger 
that Deshaun Watson, Le'Veon Bell, and DeAndre Hopkins might pose for opposing defenses if they ever oh, got together. Just, it'd just be such a trio. And I just thought of two other teams that can yep. make a little sense, too, uh, that, that can contend. Uh, let the Atlanta Falcons cut their losses with Devonta Freeman mm. at this point and pick up Le'Veon Bell to re-energize oh, that offense. Imagine Julio Jones and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. And then the Bears, Jordan Howard, had really isn't the, hmm. the answer. Uh, Tariq Cohen can still be sprinkled in in a different role. So the Bears are an interesting team, too. Absolutely. I'm going to go forth and just so you know, Scott, over the next eight months, or actually probably until March. So over the next four months, I am officially saying I want or I believe Le'Veon Bell will go to the Houston Texans. I do not want Le'Veon Bell to go to the New York Jets. You know what I mean, Scott? Like if the Jets were a little closer and he was the one piece, I'd be all for it. But I don't think I want the Jets to tie up the money that it would take to get right. Le'Veon Bell and change from, like, a five-win team to a six-win team. You know what I mean? Like, I want to still have that money available. They need too many pieces, yeah. Right. I want them to get offensive linemen. They still need pieces on defense. You know what I mean? Like, and so while I would love Le'Veon Bell, but I don't know that he's as valuable to a team like the Jets who are still a couple pieces and a couple years away. I get what you're talking about, about the help to a guy like Sam Darnold. Absolutely. But I think he... I think even Le'Veon Bell would, would much rather be served to be that kind of cherry on top for a contending team. Uh, that's why I really don't want him in green and white. I can understand that. Uh, and I think the average Jet fan who doesn't realize that part would be like, uh, you know, they, that they want him to, to get him. But right. uh, you put too many other factors in there to just make a heck of a lot of sense. You've obviously really thought this through. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I am an analyst here and in, in the sports world, and I am a Jets fan, so we think about that. Scotty, one of the teams you just mentioned was the Bears. I know we talked a little bit about Mitchell Trubisky yesterday, and I told you how, like, these top 10 quarterbacks are all 98% owned, yet Mitchell Trubisky is not. In the last day, he's gone up from 70% to 76% ownership in Yahoo leagues, at least, so maybe a small climb, but people aren't realizing what Mitchell Trubisky can do for their offense, their fantasy offense down the playoff stretch. Yeah, we talked about this with Tom Brady yesterday, uh, that people still go by names and they don't look enough by right. the results. And right now, my, my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com, which is going to be published you know, within the next half hour, uh, I have Mitchell Trubisky as my number seven quarterback overall. He's ahead of Rodgers. He's ahead of Brady. It's not about the names anymore. It's about the production. We're already in week 11, people. You know, strip the name off the back of the jersey. Yeah. Sure, Rodgers and Brady can rebound, but Trubisky's getting it every week, and he certainly runs a lot more than Brady does. I had two users yesterday, one in Exclusive Edge Slack chat and one on Twitter, say to me, you know what, uh, Goff has a buy in week 12. Uh, I'd love to hear three guys on waivers and they would say Prescott, Mariota, Trubisky, (laughs) Trubisky, Mayfield. And I'm like, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that Mitch Trubisky is on your free agent list. I would actually pick him over Goff every week right now as much as much as I like Goff. Because right. Trubisky doesn't have the threat of, you know, uh, of Todd Gurley, Gurley vulturing, vulturing touchdowns. his yeah. touchdowns at all. So, he, right. I, I look, I like Goff, but how can the number seven quarterback in fantasy football in my ranks 
not be uh, on a quarter of be rosters. Be on free agency <laughs> and, and right. not be on rosters. In a quarter of Stop leagues, looking Mitchell at Trubisky the names and look at the production. Yep. Scotty, I remember, like, honestly, it was still in September. It might have been, like, week four or five. And we started telling people, stop thinking about the names and the back of the football card and start looking at the production that you're actually seeing in 2018. We started saying that, like, after four or five games, you know, when we were talking about, like, will David Johnson bounce back? You know, we were saying you got to start looking at the production you're seeing as opposed to the reputation. And I think you make an excellent point. Mitchell Trubisky is is unowned in a quarter of leagues, and he's QB7, for God's sakes, okay? Like, there are people right now that are in leagues with Mitchell Trubisky available, and they're starting like, oh, I don't know, Matthew Stafford week to week. You know what I mean? And that's just not effective fantasy football ownership. Mitchell Trubisky is doing it. And in my opinion, Scott, because Matt Nagy, their head coach, is one of these, you know, kind of innovative offensive minds that knows about RPOs and jet sweeps and pop passes. This is only going to get better for Mitchell Trubisky. You know, Allen Robinson getting healthy. Uh, Anthony Miller back after injury. It's only going to get better for the Chicago offense, Scott. Take advantage of the owners in your league who look at reputation more than production. In one of my leagues yesterday, uh, this week I lost Cooper Cup in my, my home league that I've been playing in since 2005. And there's this one guy I know who's a big Patriots fan, and Brady is A on a bye, and he's disappointing. I said, mm, he's got T.Y. Hilton. He's got three other good receivers. I offered him Russell Wilson for T.Y. Hilton. Russell Wilson, who's right now my 16th-ranked quarterback, and he took it. Hmm. I hear that. You know, a lot of times this name recognition is very, very important, but the savvy fan that listens to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network knows to just go by production to take the um, emotion out of it. You say it all the time, Scott. These are names and numbers on a computer screen that you're just trying to figure out that adds up to the highest total. That's what it comes down to. I know we'd like to have the fan interest involved as well, but you know, if you want to truly win your leagues and win that cash, Mitchell Trubisky greater than sign most quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, Scotty, another piece of news that happened yesterday that, you know, I I don't know how much impact it's going to have necessarily, but um, we've been hyping up this Monday night football game, uh, you know, for a while now. You know, we've been looking to week 11, Monday night football, when the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Rams were going to get it on. The total in this game is 63 and a half. We expect points to be scored left and right. You know, think of how many matchups this week, Scott, are not going to be decided because of all the potential that still exists. Reverse of this Monday night. Absolutely, right? On Monday night. But an important piece of news here. This game was scheduled for Mexico City to be in Stadium Azteca. There was some kind of concert there, I believe, on Saturday, and it completely tore up the field. There were players that started to say, listen, I'm going to protest. I'm not going to play for risk of injury on that field. And the NFL came out yesterday and decided that they have moved this game 
back to Los Angeles. This game is no longer in Mexico City. This game will be in Los Angeles. And you know what happened, Scott? The Rams went from a two-and-a-half-point favorite to a three-and-a-half-point favorite after that news because they are now actually getting their home field advantage. What do you think about this? Does this change anyone's preparation? Does this change, like I said, the the, the spread? Now the Rams are another point favorite in this game. What do you think about this news? Uh, to, to me, it, it was going to be, well, it goes from a neutral field to the home field. But then again, right. you know, well, what is Los Angeles College? The, the, the home stadium like only holds like 30,000 or something like that. Yeah, but it's uh, also now the Rams are sleeping in their own bed. Yeah, they are. So that's why it went up a went up a half point. Uh, so you know, but still, you know, it doesn't affect fantasy outlooks really to me. It, it'll affect the betting line, but I don't think it affects fantasy outlooks at all. Okay, let me ask you this, Scotty. Like, is there anything? Let's compare this to say like the London games, right? Where it's a neutral field and stuff. Do you think there's anything specific? Like, one team adjusts better than the other? Maybe is there a difference to practice routines? Remember, the Rams were moved. They were going to Colorado Springs, I believe. Remember, the Rams, unfortunately, and I'm not making light of this, the Rams are right near uh, one of these huge wildfires that are burning right now in California, and we hope and pray that all of our listeners out there in California are safe and, you know, are um, not, you know, people are losing their homes, losing their lives out there, Scott. So we, we, we want to take a second and really g- give our best wishes and, and hopes out there to all the people dealing with those wildfires. But, you know, the Rams had something like 80 of their employees evacuated. Some of the Rams employees and players have lost their homes in the Thousand Oak area. They moved to Colorado Springs to practice a to get away from the uh fires and b they wanted to practice at altitude because mexico city you know you hear about denver mile high mexico city is actually at a higher altitude than denver so they were trying to adjust to that as well the rams have been all over the place this week um kind of nomadic and now they're going back to la do you think that could um have an impact i don't see how I, I okay. think that, you know, that might be a little bit of, you know, with no disrespect over analysis. Okay. They still should be back there for like, you know, Thursday, Friday practices. Okay. So that will be fine. Yeah. But let's remember, I, I hope they are fine. It's but let's probably remember. a relief to them more than anything. So Sure. But yeah. let's also remember um, these wildfires continue to burn in the Southern California area, okay? And who knows? We saw in the in Monday Night Football, Scott, we saw in that 49ers game, you know, fans with masks on, how many times they put the that map on showing that the air quality was unhealthy, you know, and who knows how this is going to go down if it gets better or worse in the next uh, – what, five days, let's say, all we can do is hope and pray that it does get better, not only for football or fantasy football, but for all of those affected out there in California. Scotty, I got to tell you something else about this switch that really frustrates me. I think I might have told you, remember last year when we had the earthquake down in Mexico or whatever, I told you that one of my best friends um, is the owner of a uh, restaurant in Mexico City. 
It's like southern barbecue, you know, pulled pork, brisket, that sort of stuff. And he's doing really, really well. You know, though, he was set up to have a big promotion thing, and he was able to get a concession stand in Stadium Azteca for this game. I hit him up via text yesterday when I heard this news. He said that this news, losing this game in Azteca, is costing him one million pesos of lost business. I don't know if that translates, you know, into the American dollar. Neither do I, but I know it's a lot of money. That's that's rough. That's <laughs> you know I what I mean. And so the there's the football rough. impact, but we think about like you know the boost of the economy anytime a Super Bowl comes right. to the city. Yeah. We think about all that stuff, and I just want to also put out there: we know the fantasy impact, but there was a lot of other things going on in Mexico City as they try to bring the NFL down there. Everything from the jobs of the vendors and ticket takers to some of the businesses that were going to latch on to this as a you know big revenue and potential promotion opportunity. Yeah. So it I want to give a shout out to my yeah. man. Yep, I want to give a shout-out to my man, Dan DeFassi, and El Pinche Gringo Barbecue. Um, you know, hopefully there'll be other opportunities. But I just wanted to give that, put that out there, right? The impacts are far and wide for something like this. Let's not forget about, like you said, the boost to that community, which, you know, last year had a devastating earthquake and has been struggling with a lot of factors recently. Yeah, but, uh, I'm sure, you know, once they get things ironed out, though, the NFL will probably venture to yeah. return there. I hope so. I hope so. Last piece of news that I want to mention before we go to our next break and then dive into the week 11 games. Uh, Scotty, Hugh Jackson was not without a job for long. He has now been rehired by his former team, the Cincinnati Bengals, to be special assistant to Marvin Lewis. Does this mean, you know, I know Marvin Lewis is kind of taking over defensive coordinator play calling duties because they fired Terrell Austin. And I know Hugh Jackson has been there. He's worked with Andy Dalton in the past. He's been the kind of offensive guy there. Is this going to be for Cincy like Marvin Lewis mans the defense and Hugh Jackson's runs the offense? Uh, I, th- I think, you know, Marvin, Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson might work together on the defense here. Uh, hmm. But yeah, right now I think it makes Cincinnati a good defensive sneaky stream for this week. I actually picked them up in one league where I couldn't get Arizona, Pittsburgh, facing Baltimore, needing to rebound. Uh, you know, with Lewis and Jackson overlooking things, and right. you know, Jackson's walking in for the first week. He can't take everything else on himself right away. Uh, I think it makes Cincinnati a very interesting pick because there's going to be intangible momentum. Plus, the matchup is pretty good for sacks and turnovers. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, you say this is also a very important matchup in the AFC North. I mean, these are two teams, you know, that if whoever wins this and game. And the wild card race. Well, too, right. Yeah. Whoever wins this game yeah. will be defeated wild card race. And honestly, whoever loses this game is going to be, you know, behind teams like Tennessee um, and others in the wild card race. And interestingly enough, Scotty, this is a game, one of the only ones on the board this week, where the total is not there. That Cincinnati D defense may also be defending against Lamar Jackson. We don't know about Joe Flacco, that hip. We have no idea who's going to be under center like in the second half for this game. So that's an interesting piece as well. We'll take a look at this game and all of the Week 11 games when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the morning, Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle. We look at Week 11. We put the fun in functional sports radio. It's Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back after the break. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Roto experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle getting after it here, talking about Week Eleven. We've been talking about Le'Veon Bell a lot. We've been talking about Mitchell Trubisky a lot. Oh, sing it, Scott. Go ahead. Need to be reminded. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do or say. Just be careful, things that you've been told. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you get from the king as we put the fun and functional sports content here every morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What do you think about that? We were just talking about uh, Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson. They've worked before, and, you know, Hugh Jackson is coming back on to work uh, as a special assistant, I guess, with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, Scotty, the Bengals-Ravens game, we now talked about this is very important in the AFC North, in the AFC right for wild card and division this is the only game right now on the board that does not have a total yet posted and I think that's because there's still a cloud hanging over the Baltimore Ravens quarterback position I you know I didn't get into it right but this is a Wednesday this is when we always are going to start to hear about you know um Injury reports, practice reports. I tell everybody every Wednesday I'm going to get a notification on my phone that DeAndre Hopkins' status have been changed from healthy to questionable. Don't freak out when that happens. It's just the baseline. But we truly do not know who is starting at quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, we say, we've heard Harbaugh say he's rolling with Flacco. He's still the guy. But this guy was on crutches with a hip injury. We've heard everything from... It could be Lamar Jackson time to no, 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 RG3 might be active to be the actual quarterback here if Flacco can't go. I mean, read the tea leaves on this one. Yeah, he's saying already that Flacco doesn't need to practice to play. So looking at game time decision right now. And if Mm -hmm. not, I think they might put Griffin in there because, you know, he played okay in the preseason. He's a veteran quarterback with experience, but... Right now, uh, I would, especially if you don't have an ideal quarterback situation, and a few of you don't, you know, if you have Tom Brady, I would stash Lamar Jackson because Griffin might only be in there for as long as they, it takes to get them eliminated from the pro playoffs. Then there's right. every reason to put Lamar Jackson in there. If it, you're looking at like week 12 when you have Mahomes or Goff on a bye. If Lamar Jackson's mm-hmm. starting by then, you'll feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. To your point, they're going to ride with the veteran, whoever that is, if it's Flacco or if he's actually injured to a guy like RG3 who has played, you know, in the NFL before. I think they're going to ride with the veteran, whoever that might be, until they are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And that may not happen for another two or three weeks, but then I fully expect to see Lamar Jackson getting, you know, snaps and getting starts in the month of December. If that were to be the case, Scott, well, would Lamar Jackson's rushing upside alone make him a viable start in Superflex leagues? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Look, there's going to be interceptions. There's going to be fumbles. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be rushing, passing, hybrid sort of production. And you want that because the rushing upside is certainly there. The guy could rush for two touchdowns in a game, especially if you play in a four-point passing TD league. That really mm-hmm. appeals to you. 
Absolutely. I think it's even more important, like you said, in a four-point uh, touchdown league because those rushing touchdowns are still six. And to just close the loop, did, I'm going to reiterate. There were a lot of – sorry, there were a lot of comparisons to Michael Vick with, with right. Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson might turn out to be a better passer over time. Michael Vick was never a more he, – he was an erratic NFL quarterback, but he was always a good fantasy player. And I think right. Lamar Jackson could already be that if he gets installed. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely an exciting option uh, if and when the Baltimore Ravens fall out of it. What I was going to say to just close the loop and bring it full circle to what we were talking about, you talked about the rushing potential. I made this point yesterday, Scott. Uh, Scott, which quarterback is, you know, the only, like Cam Newton leads the NFL among quarterbacks in rushing yards and in rushing touchdowns. You know who's second in both of those stats among quarterbacks? Mitch Trubisky? Mitchell Trubisky. That's another reason he needs to be owned. We're going to pound the table for Mitchell Trubisky. There's a quarter of you out there right now that can go out and grab Mitchell Trubisky right now in place of, say, a Matthew Stafford. We say to go ahead and do that. And Let's if you're rostering to- him, if yeah. you're rostering him, him, you should be starting <laughs> him over a lot of other guys. You know, right. right now, you know, look, he's outscoring Andrew Luck, but not by much. But Andrew Luck is uh, right now my number two fantasy quarterback on my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com that were just published during the break. He's outscored Aaron Rodgers. He's outscored Rivers, Watson, Brady, Cousins, Russell Wilson, etc. I could, I could yeah. go on with the names. Wentz, Dalton, Stafford. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And so we cannot make this point uh, – and he's stronger. And to be quite honest, he's been on the ascension, really. Like, if you look at the first three games of his season, 10, 12, 2, something like that, depending on your settings. But then, you know, the huge game against Tampa with the six touchdowns, ever since then, you know, Scotty, let's, let's look at it this way. The first three games of the season, zero touchdowns, two touchdowns, but two picks, zero touchdowns in week three. Since then, six touchdowns, zero picks. Three touchdowns, one pick. Okay, against New England, two and two. But then against the Bear, uh, Jet, against the Jets, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Buffalo, okay, one and one. But they were up forty-one to nine in that game. And then last week, another big effort, three hundred fifty-five yards, three touchdowns. Don't forget about the rushing potential either. The man has three rushing touchdowns to add to his nineteen through the air. And the yard, you said it enough. Yeah, yeah. three hundred and twenty yards, like three hundred and twenty yards rushing. Scott, that's, what, 32 points? That's like 16 interceptions. That's 16 interceptions mitigated by his rushing potential. So, um, absolutely, I think we've said it enough. We are now believing in Mitchell Trubisky. Let's go to the first game of the week. Yeah, absolutely. As week 11 gets started tomorrow with Thursday Night Football. Scotty, I know you are invested in this one. We are going up to the Pacific Northwest with the 12s, and the Green Bay Packers are coming to town. The Seattle Seahawks are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Green Bay Packers. The total in this game is 49. When we talk about this one, Scott, I go right to the Seattle running back situation. They have said Chris Carson is likely going to be able to give it a go. To me, that just clouds this to the point where I don't know if I want either any of them in a three-person committee. Talk to me about Carson, Mike Davis, and Rashad Penny, especially if all three of them are in the mix. Doesn't that on some level kill the buzz for all three of them? 
pretty much does. Uh, you know, Carson is the guy they like if if he's healthy. And, you know, you always have to put if he's healthy around that right. because the guy is very often injured. You know, Mike Davis is their best pass catcher. You know, uh, Brian Schottenheimer doesn't care about your fantasy team. If he, he can use three running backs there, have Carson start, uh, you know, have be the guy in there on first and ten, you know, second and second and six, et cetera. Good vision, good cutback, runs well in short space. Uh, they, then you have Mike Davis who can catch passes out of the backfield. And Rashad Penny, they can stick him in there and, you know, he can either pull off a long run and, you know, they keep him fresh and he's excited to get out there. So they they have three different ways that they can attack defenses right there. You don't want that as a fantasy player, but the coaching right. staff wants that from an NFL perspective. So it really it really makes things very cloudy. Absolutely. I've I've said it many, many times before. This is another example, Scott, of what's good for the NFL team is not good for your fantasy team, right? You're absolutely yep. right. The Seattle Seahawks love the options that this presents, but your fantasy team does not like the committee that it presents. Let's talk about on the and other you side. You know what? They have to do this. Uh, what's they up? have to do this, and I'll tell you why, because there's a few reasons they have to do this. Then they got to run the ball away like this because it sets Russell Wilson up for play action and deep sure. passing. Two of the things that he does best, but yep, th- but their especially best with Tyler Lockett there. might might be in the in the running game right now when all those guys are healthy. That receiver, well, you got to think Lockett is one of their is, top playmakers. No, Doug Doug Baldwin is not himself right now. Lockett right. Lockett's catching touchdown passes, but he's not moving the chains at all. And Fair. David Moore is very boomer bust. This receiving crew right now leaves a lot to be desired. So they have to depend on the running game. Yep. No, I, I, I hear you. And that's why we've said their run pass balance is more skewed towards the run game than any team in the NFL right now. Scotty, on the other side of this game, the Green Bay Packers. I notice, Scott, that in your in-season ranks, which is up on rotoexperts.com, don't forget to get the rotoexperts.com exclusive edge package and enter the promo code the King at checkout. Scotty, I look at your wide receiver ranks, and at number 22, I see MVS, a little Marquez Valdez-Scantling. This is a guy we've been talking about. We know Allison's on IR. We know Cobb hasn't, you know, I, I think the injuries are just caught up to Randall Cobb um, yeah, at this stage definitely. of his career. You know, and so that now leaves an opening for the number two. Like, we liked Marquez Valdez-Scantling when we thought he was the number three wide receiver in Green Bay. I believe there's a case that could be made. He is the number two wide receiver now in Green Bay. You have him as a fantasy wide out to number 22 overall in your ranks. You're comfortable and confident with MVS moving forward? Yeah, last week I think we saw his floor in like six catches for 44 yards. He's had five consecutive double-figure PPR performances. You know, he's still a rookie, so he's still learning his way around fundamental sort of things. But uh, he's a deep threat for that team, and I, I think he's going to have a really good week against Seattle because if they, if they move him over on that left side against Trey Flowers, he can burn him for some big plays. I really like Valdez Scantling this week. No, absolutely. I hear what you're saying. Let me ask you this, though, Scott. For years, right? For years, ever since Aaron Rodgers has been there, the Green Bay Packers are one of a very few teams where, like, three wide receivers have been viable, right, for fantasy purposes. I remember guys like Jeff Janis, Abadaris. You know, there was a time when Devontae Adams was the number three wide receiver on this team. You know, there have been times we believe that this offense can support three wide receivers. 
maybe I'm so I'm asking you is this still that time in very deep leagues maybe in dynasty formats should people take a look at Equimus St. Brown as well well I don't think I don't think uh Jeff Janis and Abaderis really had any relevance but I see where you're going with this uh you know it's possible you know, because the third wide receiver has been relevant but the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now and with the incorporation more of the running game uh, mm. There can't be a lot of enthusiasm about it, but the way dynasty leagues are built, you can often roster a lot of players, and some yeah. even like my my league allows for a practice squad kind of guy. Oh, nice! So you know, I might take a flyer on him in that case. You're talking a super deep format, yes? Sure. Yeah, no, I hear you. Just you know, because like you said, a super deep format, and just because you like to take the names off the back of the jerseys, right? In a vacuum. I'm okay with stashing or taking a spec ad on the number three wide receiver in Green Bay. You know what I mean? Like, if you just break it down like that, I'm always okay with a spec being the number three wide receiver in Green Bay. Not the wide receiver, number three wide receiver in Buffalo, but the number three wide receiver in Green Bay. I know about okay the number with. one in Buffalo. But you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like a fantasy, um, a good fantasy pawn to the fish in, shall we say. The same then, reason then again, right now. You know, just to. Further talking through, though. Yeah, good. You know, we, Jimmy we've Graham done that. that with the Packers' offense uh, of the past, though. And yeah. you know, right now the Rams, are like with Cup, they were the team that was supporting three wide receivers, and the Chiefs are. You know, yeah. we're looking at reputation for the Packers' offense right now, and it's not as potent as the Rams, the Chiefs, etc., or or, sure. or even the Chargers. You're so, right. so right now, I don't think that third wide receiver is useful right okay. now, but. Look, so maybe, things could change in the future. Right, and, and, and that makes sense to me, Scott. Maybe the Packers have fell just below that line, you know, where obviously yeah. the Rams yes. are above that line where, you know, like, for example, people are picking up Josh Reynolds to try to get any piece yeah. of that, right? People are owning Sammy Watkins, you know, for the same kind of reason. I'm not saying that I, I would ever start these guys, but in, in, in with the Chargers, you know about Keenan Allen, both Williamses, Tyrell and Mike, have been on fantasy rosters this year, right? So there's some offenses that can absolutely support that. Um, the question is, is Green Bay in its current form one of those options? I am not sure. Scotty, the next game, the Detroit Lions are home dogs. They're getting three and a half points with the Carolina Panthers coming to town off the mini-buy and off of their embarrassing loss where Cam Newton admits they got whooped. My question for you on this game is around the Detroit side. Um, are we going to see... Uh, plays, formations, what have you, where Theo Riddick and Kerryon Johnson are on the field together. I sort of think that, listen, Marvin Jones is hurt. They just traded away Golden Tate, you know, and you we were talking about Golden Tate kind of in like that short passing game. I'm wondering if that production, if they're going to look to Theo Riddick to fill that role and even Kerryon Johnson out of the backfield. How do they make up for this and what's up with Marvin Jones? Yeah, uh, you know, if you go to the new Inside Injuries article on rotoexperts.com right now, uh, they're saying that Jones shouldn't play in Week 11, and if he does, he's not going to be productive. So, But even without that, I would expect to see both on the field at the same time. You know, Riddick is working out of the slot. You know, he's kind of playing a Reggie Bush uh, sort yeah. of role for this team because he doesn't run the ball effectively, but he certainly, when you get him out in space, uh, you know, he can do things with this, and he's had two – Decent games in a row, but I like him as a bye week filler this week. 
Okay, so we like that. <clears throat> Theo Riddick, uh, especially in PPR formats. I mean, he went six for 60, I believe, last week. So you'll take the 12 points. But uh, carry on Johnson. Scotty, he's just a he's just an RB2 in my opinion. I mean, he had two touchdowns and similar to what we've talked about with some other backs, his share of the opportunity over the season has been ascending. LeGarrette Blunt is getting less and less snaps and carries. Um RB2 territory confidently for Kerryon Johnson? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, you look at my new in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com and you know, he certainly he certainly elevated himself in two touchdowns against the Bears. Yeah, you know, that 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 certainly one rushing and one receiving in, in so my he's ranks. Getting he's, involved he's in my number. He's my number sixteen overall back right now in PPR. Absolutely. So that makes him definitively an RB two. You know, it's interesting, Scott. You know, these two rookies I have been talking about all season long, Kerry on Johnson and Sony Michelle, now land number fifteen and sixteen respectively in your in season ranks ahead of. You know, first round pick Dalvin Cook. You know, ahead of uh, uh, is he? I want. I don't want to make this point. Is he ahead of David yeah, Johnson? He is, Are they he both is ahead, ahead of, of David Johnson? I know they're ahead of Cook. No. I see because Cook's right behind. No, they're not. Oh, David Johnson is thirteen. Okay, fine. But yeah. literally, you know, when would you have thought that you know Nick Chubb would they're be well ahead, ahead of David of Mark Johnson? Ingram. Right, and David Johnson would only be one, two, three, and three spots ahead of rookies Philip Lindsay. Sony Michelle and Carry On Johnson, real quick. Scott, Who thought Philip the- Lindsay would be in the top fifteen? I'm telling of you, Lindsay himself. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? Maybe Mister and Mrs. Lindsay. That's about it, yeah. you know. Um, real quick on the other side, Scott. I'm trying to make sense of this Panthers passing game. I know Funchess and Olsen is there. I know CMC gets his, but I'm intrigued by Curtis Samuel and by DJ Moore. Are they going to have an opportunity to grow as they move to more of a kind of a West Coast offense? Uh, maybe more, but not Samuel. No All right, fair enough. Uh, top of the hour coming up. We will reset the headlines and go back into some of these Week 11 matchups when we come back. Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the morning. Go ahead and subscribe to FST up next week.